those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast that is sweeping the nation. Sweeping. Or at least sweeping the Midwest. There's Trump showing in California. At least sweeping... uh, (laughs) Jennifer. (laughs) Jennifer. Shout out to Jennifer early on in the show. Early on. In California. Uh, Sweeping the nation, meaning that uh, people in other parts of the nation are actually listening to it. Yes. As evident by some of our emails. Yeah, and if we say that, we, if we don't say the actual number, then it makes it seem bigger than it really is. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. It's a little tricky. I thought you were just trying to be mysterious. Yeah. Well, this is Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. And we are moving right along on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Wrapped up Chapter 4 in the last episode. We had Drama in Diagon Alley. The emergence of the character that is all that is Gilderoy <laughs> Lockhart <laughs> and we had a brawl in a bookstore so it yeah, was it's uh, it was a good day but unfortunately some books did get damaged some books were harmed in the making of that chapter yeah. and Jessica is very sad so we'd like to take the time out for just a brief moment of silence for all those books thank and there you. it is yeah thank that you meant, that meant a lot to it me it did it did it, it helps with the healing process oh okay well, that's what we're here for. We're one big community, one big family, and you can become part of that big family. Send us an email at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Or uh, send us a message on Facebook. We are on the book face now. We are. And we've got uh, bookmarks and business cards now. We're big time. <laughs> I told you we were sweeping the nation, and you didn't believe me. <laughs> oh, Jessica. It was pretty big time. We are. We are. Sometimes, because it's just you and me in this elaborate studio, Mm -hmm. sometimes... Palatial rhino estates. I feel like we're just isolated from, you know, the outside world. Yeah, the commoners. (laughs) about the crowd out there. Right, the commoners, so to speak. Yes. The muggles, if you will. Oh, no, no. No one listens. Muggles don't listen to us. No, they can't find it. No, we're on a secret broadcast. What would the secret version of iTunes or Google Play be called. Just put that in your in your uh, brain and let it whirl around there for a little bit. And when you come up with an answer, let me know. Okay. Uh, chapter 5. The Whomping Willow. Summer is over. The crew is off to Hogwarts and the car is more full than ever. Now we've got not just Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, but we've got Percy, Fred, George, Ron, Harry, and Ginny. Jenny. Jenny. Jenny's first to, year to Hogwarts. Off to Hogwarts as well. I bet she's going to say she's just happy to be at Hogwarts. Yeah, that's something Jenny probably would say. Yeah. Quoted by uh, Jessica Rhino, by the way. Jessica Rhino, trademark, restricted. Yes. Uh, chaos getting out at the door with all the family members tripping over one another. Mr. Weasley almost got... Something almost happened to him. He almost fell down the stairs or something I, like that. He was tripped over a chicken. Ah, yes. 
See, this is where I, I looked up from the book and said to you that we needed to get your mother to listen to the podcast since we talk about her so much. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, I'm picturing Mrs. Weasley just, you know... That was every morning at the Rhino House. Her hair everywhere, barking out orders, still probably in her pajamas, mm-hmm. trying to get all the kids ready for school and out the door. And I just... I picture your mom. It was every day at the Rhino House. Yes, with all those children and boys trying to get, and but yet she's getting them all fed too because everyone has food in their hands mm-hmm. while they're scrambling up and down the stairs, half dressed, trying to gather their quills and. Well, that was part of the problem with the Rhino boys being so plump in their younger ages. <laughs> she was, was always there was always you. food in their hands. Did you go to bed with a sandwich? That was not me. I was not sent to bed with a sandwich. <laughs> and a glass of milk. That was not me. How would you sleep with all that on your stomach? It was not me. I'm telling you, it wasn't me. But it was one of the other the boys. The Rhino boys were, were plump children. And we stretched out okay for the most part. But chaos getting out the door. And even when we do get out the door... We have to keep coming back to the house for forgotten items. Yes, poor Harry is in the backseat of the car, and he looks back, and he wants to have this moment of remembering his final glance at the burrow that he's come to love. And then we have to go back, and then we get one final glance. (laughs) And then we go back. And then one (laughs) final look back. And then we go back. So somebody forgot a broom. Somebody forgot... Fireworks? Yeah, yeah, gotta have fireworks. Fireworks, broom. I'm surprised she turned the car around for that. That was, I think, that was the first one. They yeah. weren't like even out of the driveway yet, so it was. But like, mom, okay. I gotta have me fireworks. <laughs> and gotta have me gotta bloody have the, fireworks. Gotta have the broom so you can play Quidditch. And then Jenny screamed for her diary. diary. Yeah. So it, it's it's nuts. We're running out of yes. time. Uh, I want to ask you about the car because before we actually get into the next part that I wanted to ask about. Mr. Weasley wanting to fly the car to King's Cross. There were some enchantments still on the car, right? Yes. Um, we can become more familiar with this enchantment later on in okay. the books. Late, much, much later on. But, uh, yeah, apparently they don't really explain it in this chapter real well. Apparently there is an enchantment you can put on things that makes them bigger Mm-hmm. Dare I say bigger on the inside. Shout out to all you Doctor Who fans. <laughs> um, than what it looks like on the outside. Mm-hmm. So you can fit more things. So you can actually store insane amount of things in something very small. Mm-hmm. Or this wasn't quite like so Like a small. fanny pack or like, something. Yes. A little fanny pack or purse. Oh man, I wish I had like a fanny pack that I could just like, just put like so much stuff. I've tried. I've been trying to bring the fanny pack back for years he now. He has. He has. And He's done a response commendable job. I've, I've done all right. I think I could do more. You know, I feel like I could you know, maybe do like a, that wear them. like a pu- public service announcement or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe buy some, you know, buy some uh, television time maybe during the Super Bowl. Buy yeah. a little 30 second yeah. spot. To talk about one fanny way to packs. Do it. I think that the fanny packs are something, they're just, I mean, they, you could just put so much, you know, gear in them. And especially if they have a charm on them. And it just keeps all your stuff safe. You don't got to worry about it falling out of your pockets or anything like that. And uh, I just think it's great. However, most of society does not agree with me. Yeah. I, they are making a slight comeback. Mm. So it's not as 
So I've done. So I've done something. You've done something, yes. Okay. I mean, we saw them at Six Flags. Yeah. And they were selling them in the gift shops. Yeah, and I usually wear mine at Six Flags, <laughs> so I can be around my people. <laughs> yes. Yes. You so have a niche. There is a niche for them. There is. So the uh, I just would think it would be awesome to just have like a bottomless fanny pack. Yeah, you could put anything in there. It'd be cool. You put the, one of the dogs in there. But that kind of comes up in the, I guess, the, the trunk of the car. The trunk of the car and the interior of right. the car. Since right. Since they're fitting several <laughs> boys in the back seat. Big boys. Big, well, Harry, Harry's not one of the big boys. Well, uh, friend, I mean, well, not, my, at George this or, point, or friend George, yeah. But, I mean, Percy's a, is he a fifth year now? Yeah. But I, I think the Weasleys are all a little wiry. But then you got, you know, Ron and Harry and the yeah. twins. You know, five boys. in the five in the back seat of a was it Ford Astria or something like yeah. that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Not not a, not normally a big car. And then we got uh, Mrs. Ver, Weasley. Uh, yeah, we've got I almost said Vernon. No, that's no. that's Dursley. Arthur. We've got Arthur and Molly and, and Jenny in the front seat. Yes. And so all the big everybody's trunks. They have these big trunks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like treasure chests. You know, uh, like Jack Sparrow. <laughs> this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. You know, Davy Jones Locker treasure chest. And they all f- fit in the back, even though Harry, I, I think it was Harry that said that he didn't think they were all going to fit. Yeah, when he first looked at the car, he didn't know that it was charmed. So he didn't think everything was going to fit. He was saying how all their trunks. Uh, you know, obviously the brooms, mm-hmm. except for the one that was forgotten, mm-hmm. and uh, two owls and a rat and all these kids. He thought there was no way it was going to fit in the car, and they but, fit but, quite comfortably. But Arthur has apparently put some incantation on this to make the trunk hold more than it looks like it can. We're under the impression that Molly is, is not aware of this, nope, right? she does not know. She's oblivious to the fact that she doesn't th- seem to think that all those trunks won't fit in the car, or maybe she just doesn't want to ask questions. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Molly misses much, but she is rather busy this mm-hmm. morning and hectic, and they, you know, have a... They don't know a lot about Muggles stuff. Mm-hmm. So she gets in and she says, Oh, these Muggles really can do some things. Look how roomy this is. It doesn't look like it'd be this roomy on the outside. Yeah, I like that part. <laughs> And you could see uh, Arthur's probably kind of looking in the rearview mirror. He's like, like, don't sh- say anything, boys. Quiet. You know the twins aren't going to say anything. No, 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 no. But they love the fact that their dad does these things. Yeah, we got. We have to remind Harry, though, to... Not know, explain it. Right, don't don't fill it, Molly in on anything that she doesn't want to know the answer to. But we're so far behind now because of all the trips back that Mr. Weasley is pleading with Molly... To let him fly the car to make up for the lost time. We can be there in 10 minutes. No one, no one will ever notice. know. notice we have an invisibility incantation on this thing. Nobody. Yeah, a, little, a little button that he can yeah. push and make it invisible. Because we're not currently invisible. Sure. That would make driving down the road a little strange, too. Probably. Yeah. But Molly will not let him do it. Absolutely under no, no. circumstances. We can't go around breaking the rules. So we do arrive at King's Cross with minutes to spare, platform nine and three quarters, of course. And everyone makes it through the invisible wall. 
Except, I, don't, I can't really call it an invisible wall. I didn't know what to call it in my notes. The magical wall, the magical portal, the pathway. The... <laughs> Where you run into the wall. I call it a barrier between platforms 9 and 10. So, it's just, yeah. You run real it fast says at it the was wall. metal. <laughs> I think they said it was metal. Oh, really? So, I was picturing a brick wall. So was I. But, and I think that's because of the movies, but I thought there and then also the uh, at uh, Universal Studios. Yeah. But I thought it said something brick. about the metal. He pushed on the metal and it held firm or something. Interesting. So but I don't know. Everybody makes it through. We get down to Harry and Ron. They said, oh, let's go through at the same time. Save time. Yeah. First of all, I don't know why that would save much time. Well, because they were spreading it out so that the muggles standing around didn't notice these people okay. disappearing. So that's why they were spreading it out to begin with. They'd send one kid, and then a few seconds later, they'd send another. They didn't want just like, what is going on over there? And then when all the muggles turn around, somebody runs through the wall. Yeah. So they would raise questions. Harry and Ron both try to go through the wall at the same time, and they are denied. Denied. They bounce off the wall. Their carts go flying. The owl, uh, Hedwig, is squealing, screeching, <laughs> throwing a fit. Threatening to turn them in for animal cruelty. <laughs> the, uh, one of the guards, I, I think, or security or whoever is, is asking, you know, thinking the boys are playing around, you know, running the carts into walls and things like that. Yeah. Harry kind of, uh, or Ron, I remember, kind of blows it off as, oh, we were uh, just lost control of our carts, sir. No, nothing to see here. Nothing to see. Move on. Move along. But are we, are we led to believe that there's some kind of clock somewhere or countdown? Because Ron's saying we only have like a minute. We're down to seconds. Well, there was, you know, it's just a train station. There's clocks all over the place. So is that just like you the... you need to know what time it is. The so portal closes when the train leaves? No, I think... No, they don't know why the portal closed. But... Because the train was still there. But they counted down when they knew the train was leaving. Okay. So, so we're they just knew that the train was pulling out at that time. Gotcha. Whatever it was. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 10, 15. We hit that time. And so the train was pulling out. So even if they got through the wall... The train would be gone. So, we're out of luck now. The there's no way to get through. Uh, the train is gone. We're not going to be able to go to Hogwarts this year until Ron gets the idea. We've got a fl- we've got a flying car. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just bloody fly to Hogwarts. Why not? So, the invisibility spell is, that we mentioned earlier in the chapter by Mister Weasley should be able to cloak Ron and Harry enough. Ron seems confident that he can fly the car. And if we can just get the car up in the air, we can kind of just follow the train all the way to Hogwarts. So we know the direction to go, right? Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Except for the fact that the invisibility spell is sputtering in and out from the very beginning. Yeah, that it doesn't... A little faulty there. Yeah, not uh, not a good thing. And Ron and Harry figure that they can just stay elevated enough above the clouds to kind of avoid detection, and then maybe every so often kind of swoop down just to make sure we're still following the train. Yeah, they said every half hour. That made me a little nervous. I was like, does that doesn't? I mean, I already know <laughs> what happens that they make it to Hogwarts. But when he said maybe we'll just check every half hour, I was like, I don't know 
if I wait that long yeah. to check what trains turn and then you could have been going in the wrong direction for 20 minutes and you know I was concerned yeah I, th- I was a little bit too but we've got Harry and Ron up in the clouds and they're on the chitty chitty bang bang again flying the car you know dropping down semi-regularly they make sure they're following the Hogwarts Express they kind of have this feeling of of awesomeness for a little while there mm-hmm. where this is just so cool where you know look at look at what the views like up here we're going past all these towns we're seeing everything that looks so so small and this is just kind of an awesome like dudes you know day Road out trip, yeah but the novelty of that kind of wears off and it gets hot and sticky up there yeah, they're sitting up in, up in the clouds they're just sitting in the sun the they've just been time. eating candy and they, so now they're thirsty yeah, and they got and nothing to drink. drink and harry's thinking about oh if we were on the train we could be in the air conditioning we could be drinking ice cold pumpkin juices and things like that and on top of everything else now the car is struggling yeah the car is is, is sputtering quite a bit so before we we go into what happens next, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the personification of the car in this chapter because it seems that our enchanted car has some human tendencies and some human actions at different parts in the chapter and Ron's even kind of talking to it. You know, and and I didn't think that part was weird at first. You know, people will talk to cars and say, come mm-hmm. on, start. Please start. Why won't you start? Oh, there you started. Oh, who's a good girl? Yeah. <laughs> you know, people have, I've seen people do that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen my dad uh, cuss out uh, a car like it was, uh, like it had wronged his family or something. <laughs> Perhaps it did if it made you late. It's not just that. It's later on in the chapter, there's a lot of actions and almost like personality that the car takes on. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of those things that, that you notice in the chapter. Well, I don't think any of those things are ever explained, so I don't have an explanation for you. But we do know part of Arthur's job is to find, you know, people aren't, witches and wizards aren't supposed to put spells on muggle items because. Sometimes it's unpredictable. So sometimes they, I want to say, have a personality of their mm-hmm. own, have a mind of their own, and things don't go according to plan. I, I'm going to chalk it up to just it's part of magic. If you're going to give something, use a spell, use magic to give something these capabilities, you don't know what else you're giving it. Um, yeah, so the car, uh, they mentioned several things. I don't want to get too far into our chapter, but it was struggling and... He was talking to it and patting it and stroking the dashboard. And then it said that the windshield wipers seemed to be going back and forth very slowly, very hesitantly. Like, no, 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 I can't. Yeah, because I can't do this. Because there would have been no reason for Ron to have turned on the windshield wipers. But it's almost like when the car is failing, it's the car is panicking. And kind of, you know, throwing its arms up in the air. I don't know what to do! I was waiting for like because i started picturing it i guess when they said the windshield wipers were going that like the car was sweating mm-hmm. unless it was struggling so hard they never said that mm-hmm. that the car was sweating but i just um, pictured this car sweating from this long trek like he's doing a marathon mm-hmm. and struggling so i just pictured the car sweating and needing to use its windshield wipers to wipe the sweat from its face oh i like that i like that <laughs> 
Ten, ten points to uh, Ravenclaw. Good, good job. For our imagination. But I really like the... I think it's just really cool, you know, even kind of skipping ahead to, you know, more closer to the end of the chapter. The car is kind of pouty, and the car is kind of, like, grumbly and kind of mad at the boys for what happens later on, and it kind of skulks off later on. There's, there's, just, there's a lot of personality here you know and that's you know what uh, when I talked to the kids about personification and and fort when I taught fourth grade it was all about you know non-human animals or things taking on human characteristics you know you think of like Beauty and the Beast when all the humans are turned into you know household items items but they all have you know personalities and they all uh, something from their you know, human life is brought over to the uh, the life that they have as like the household items. Like if you have a a mustache, then you're gonna have you know uh, the hands of the clock. Yeah, exactly. The mustache. Yeah, stuff like that. Or if you're the maid, you're going to be a feather duster. So it kind of looks like you're wearing like the maid skirt. You know, things like that. Dogs world. I am surprised at you. She's not a prisoner. She's our guest. We must make her feel welcome here. I thought that was kind of cool and I didn't know you know what your thoughts were on that but you kind of said that you know that's the unpredictability of of magic. magic if you're gonna give something magic things are gonna happen yeah for sure so we're in full-blown pa- panic mode here the car is seemingly on fumes and the grand heroes entrance that the boys on the trip at the beginning of the trip when things were going awesome that they were kind of envisioning that they were going to kind of just like land like the, like the DeLorean Back to the Future style like <laughs> I don't think I don't think they referenced Back to the Future <laughs> I'm just kind of like imagining like you know at the end of Back to the Future where roads we don't we're going we don't need roads yeah. and the car kind of flies off I'm just kind of imagining that like in reverse like the DeLorean comes down and just kind of you know uh Screeches to a halt, you know, in the... And Ron pops out and pulls off his sunglasses and says, <laughs> Trains? We don't need trains. And everybody just explodes into oh, yeah. uh, into applause. And it's and the, the, the grand heroes have arrived despite, you know, all the obstacles that they've had to overcome to get there. But now we've gone from getting this grand hero's entrance to the best case scenario would be we would be lucky to have a controlled crash at this point we would let be lucky to crash this thing and survive because we're going down mm-hmm. you know one way or another this thing is going down and ron is white knuckling it i think they even uh jk rowling even uses the, the white knuckling term which is kind of cool because that that's what i was envisioning in my head you know gripping the steering so hard that you know it was changing the color of his knuckles we're dodging castle walls and we finally crash into a huge willow tree. And the boys are banged up. They're hurting, but no major injuries other than the car. Harry's and got like a lump on his head. Uh, Ron's wand. Oh. He broke his wand. And, and Ron, in the process of crashing, was kind of trying to tap, like, tap the... He used the wand the to start it and yeah. to do things with the car. He was using his, yeah tapping his wand on the dashboard to give it certain... Commands and my bloody wand is broke. Yeah, and he and he was trying to get it to stop, and in the crash he broke his wand. 
But we've got bigger things to worry about because before we can even get out of the car and deal with the fact that we have crashed this car and Ron's wand is broken and we are still late to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And bleeding. They get beat up by the tree. Yes. Which I'm guessing is where we get our chapter title, The Whomping Willow. Willow, yes. Because it is a willow tree that will give you a good whomping. And so clever. And I don't know if J.K. Rowling is a big boxing fan, but there was a lot of like uppercuts and you know boxing terminology <laughs> in there. I thought that was kind of cool that you know the tree wasn't just you know flailing. The tree was very meticulous in the punches that it was throwing, and the tree was not happy, was it? No. Would you? Would you be if some I kids mean, if somebody crashed, crashed a, a car into chitty, you? Chitty bang bang into me. Yeah. I mean, I probably would be dead but well say you're not would you be angry <laughs> i'd be careful <laughs> you'd be careful you'd be dead <laughs> i just had to get that in there I'm trying to hit as many fandoms as i can we checked off the doc the doctor who earlier we checked off the chitty chitty bang bang <laughs> if there is a, even a fandom for that uh now we've checked off star wars so uh I guess the trees with the personality, we can check off Lord of the Rings, Ooh, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not walking around, but... Thank goodness. Throwing punches, so I guess that counts. But the boys narrowly escape, and it was something that Harry did. No, I don't think so. The car started again itself. That This is where the car comes alive again. Right. It starts itself, and... I guess from all the, you know, getting banged around, it might have, like... You know, kind of when you kind smack, like again. when Fonzie smacks the jukebox. and So the car comes alive again. And yeah, Harry yells reverse. Right. Because he thinks of it once the car is on. And so then, but I think the car probably would have done it itself. It's trying to get out of there. But it backs up and in a fit of rage, throws the boys out, mm -hmm. opens the door, tips the seat, tosses them <laughs> and their stuff yeah, out. Yeah, uh, uh, said he ejects their trunks out. Even throws Hedwig out. Uh -huh. Poor Hedwig crashes to the ground again. This time her cage pops open. She's just she's like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm done. I know I need to go, and it's away from you guys. You should have just let me out at King's Cross, and right. I could have just taken care of this myself. Like, should have just let me fly next to the car. Yeah. Right <laughs> I guess it would have drawn too much attention. A yeah. car with a snowy owl flying next to it. Yeah, yeah, that would draw the attention. The owl, <laughs> the owl next to the flying car. Like, did you see that? Yeah. Isn't it weird that owls are flying during the daytime? <laughs> mm -hmm. And by a car, too. Yeah. That's strange. That's so weird. Owls don't normally fly next to, in, in groups. <laughs> Maybe she slept most of the ride. That's why she didn't uh, fly. But, yeah. I guess they didn't want to draw too much attention. And the, the car kind of limps off into the woods. Yeah. It's gone. I'm... It's gone, man. <laughs> Check. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Two. Check. Check. Oh no, Thor. That was Thor. Thor. Ragnarok. So, despite all this, Ron is actually pretty upset that the car is leaving because it's Dad's car. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not sure what he thought he was gonna do with it when they got there. Just tell it to go home. Or just you know, like, like park it by Hagrid's. And 
take it home for Christmas break, or Dad could come pick it up. I, I'm not sure what he thought he was. I mean, obviously they, they didn't think this plan through. I imagine that was part of the problem. I imagine there's AAA in the Wizarding World. No. No. There's no dry cleaners. And there's no AAA. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense that we would have flying cars. But no, They're not supposed to have <laughs> flying cars. But no towing service for said flying cars. Right, Jess. That's smart. <sighs> There's not supposed to be flying cars. Where do you go to insure flying cars? You go to like Geico you know, or something like no, that? No, because they're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to have flying cars. Period. Is that just like an add-on you can do to the insurance? No, or? no, no. It's not. It's all state stand. Are you in good hands? I doubt that the wizards that have cars, regular cars, non-flying cars, even get insurance because I don't think they even know. The car is gone, but the boys are alive. And the sorting sorting ceremony slash feast has already started. And the boys are kind of peeking in the window. Is that right? Yeah. Kind of seeing what's going on, seeing some of the first years. In line. Yeah, getting ready to to put the hat on. They see Gilderoy Lockhart up there, up on like the little stage area with with all the other professors. Yeah, I'm sure he looks. I'm sure he looks uh, fantastic. And they can't help but notice that there's one name uh, missing from the uh, list of professors this year. Siri's gonna look something up for you. Uh, Siri, that'd be great if you could figure out not do anything, seeing as though. You were just sitting there, and I did not say... <laughs> hey, Siri. Ah, don't say it. <laughs> it didn't work. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we have to say, Gilderoy Lockhart. No, that, no. Didn't, that didn't do anything. Nothing. Oh, oh low no. battery. No, that didn't do it either. And they noticed that Snape is not there. He's not. Conspicuous by his absence. Well, they start to speculate. What are some of the speculations that they have? Um, that he quits. Because he didn't get because he the, didn't get the defense against the dark arts position. Well, he's not a best-selling author, so he's not. I don't think he's written anything actually. Ron, of course, says, "Well, maybe he got sacked because nobody likes him." Because nobody likes him. And they're kind of talking trash about uh, Snape. And usually in movies and TV and books and sometimes real life. When you're talking bad about somebody, that's kind of the moment that he's standing right behind me, isn't he? Yes. And, yes, he is. And Snape sure was. Snape was wondering why his uh, two nemesis, nemeses were not there and they were not on the train. And so he'd gone looking for them. He mm-hmm. was missing the feast to look for Ron and Harry. Just, just, to, just to stir up stuff on the first day. Just to stir stuff up on the first day. Snape, come on, man. But, uh... So he drags them inside, takes them downstairs to mm-hmm. the dungeons. Because he sees the the wreckage that they've left. Yes. Right? They... they uh, he, while he was searching, he came across their mess. Yeah, the, they... I guess he, had, he knew about the car because... He brought up the fact that they were using magic outside of school, which is against the, the rules for first and second years. 
they had done damage to a what did he say? It's like a very valuable. Yeah, old and valuable. I guess it's been on the property forever. It's like a retired boxing tree, and yeah, it's probably got a few more fights left in it to make some money off of. It's very valuable. Mm-hmm, very valuable. <laughs> I don't know why why it would be valuable unless it you know grows you know gold leaves or something like that. But I think just in its uniqueness, maybe it's the last of its kind. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Not buying that? No, I don't okay. think so. Uh, maybe it has really good fruit. It bears really good fruit? Yeah. In the, in the summertime, you get some really nice uh, whomping willow fruits off mm. of it. I'm trying you to think of You can sell those at, at market, or maybe they're used in certain potions. Like punch berries or something like that? <laughs> there you go. Punch uh, berries. You can make some Hawaiian punch with the with the fruit. I bet you could make a pretty tasty punch with the fruit that comes from that tree. (laughs) (laughs) So Snape drags the boys down to his office, which is in the dungeon? Yes. Slytherin house is in the dungeon. He's going to be close to his house. And uh, the boys are in a lot of trouble. And Snape is reveling in the fact that the boys are in a lot of trouble here. Mm -hmm. He really is... Enjoying the fact that the boys, these, you could finally get these boys expelled. These hooligans. Something that you was seemingly trying to do all of their first year. He had it out for them. And McGonagall arrives, the head of Gryffindor House, who is really officially... Snape can't really do too much to these boys other than take points away. Mm-hmm. You know, the official... Punishment goes punishment to would either head. be Yeah either be McGonagall, which is who's head of Gryffindor House, or if we want to go all the way to the principal himself, uh, Dumbledore. And McGonagall arrives very upset. Dumbledore arrives and is more disappointed than angry. Which Harry says is much worse. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was always the same way with my mom. Like, if my mom was mad at me, eh. If my mom was disappointed with me, that hurt. It really, to, to this day, I don't want to disappoint my mom. Like, I can, I can be okay with, like, if my mom's mad at me, I eh, should get over it. My mom's disappointed in me. Like, you don't, like you, if you lost her dog on Mother's Day? You can't fix that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sidebar. Yes. Uh, we took one of our dogs, Robin, over to see my parents' dog, Joker. And, of course, Robin and Joker are going to get into trouble together. Yes. Because in the comic books, they have a long and sordid history. And but they get along surprisingly well. Yeah, they get along well. And uh, they got out the front door on Mother's Day and were running around the neighborhood. And um, I, we, I was frantic and that they were going to get hit by a car or something like that and that my mom's dog was going to die on Mother's Day. Uh, which was also her birthday? Also her birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Mom. Sorry oh, about the dog. We got him back. He's fine. I almost caught him, too. Uh, well, you did catch him. Well, I did catch him eventually when he stopped to go to the bathroom. But <laughs> I was, uh, as I as I approached my 40th birthday, <laughs> to, I thought I was doing pretty well. I was gaining on him. <laughs> and then... Uh, I was impressed. 
Yes, and you were you were gaining on him. And then like, my, seriously gaining on him. And then him. my body just gave out on me. <laughs> so um, built built for speed in short bursts, but apparently not built for uh, uh, long term sprints anymore. Which is what Basenjis are built for. Which is what Joker is, is Basenji. Yeah. So uh, all the dogs are fine. My mom had a good Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uh, uh, no let loose the mortal trips coil. No emergency to the vets. No, it was all good. So Snape wants the the boys expelled, but he doesn't get his wish, does he? No, apparently not this time. You do it again, though. And I, I will have no this. choice. Well, it is complicated, extra complicated, this infraction, mm-hmm. or whatever you call it, because they made the paper. Yeah. Sev. Snape pulls out a newspaper. Several muggles. Seven and this or is the eight. Daily Prophet, right? The yeah. So it's the Wizarding paper. Yeah. Is commenting that we're having an issue because the muggles saw this flying car, right. and now we're having to deal with this and clean up. And yeah, I think it said like seven or eight muggles, seven or six or, or seven. Yeah. Saw this, and so they're, I'm sure they're gonna have to send the Men in a Black. Team, yes, the Men in Black out to Check do it. Check off that fandom. Flashy thing, them. And set everything straight. Hopefully there was good memories they replaced that yeah. with. On a more personal note, Beatrice, Edgar ran off with an old girlfriend. You're going to go stay with your mom a couple of nights. You're going to get over it and decide you're better off. Well, yeah, you know, because he, he never appreciated you anyway. In fact, you know what? You kicked him out. And now that he's gone, you're going to go in town. You go to Bloomingdale's and find yourself some nice dresses. Get yourself some shoes. You know, find somewhere. Maybe you get a facial. So, yes, so not this time. They're not getting expelled, even though... And and Snape is pleading his case for for expulsion here. He's... Yeah, but his direction for pleading it is more with concern over the tree than the fact that... He does, yeah. He maybe outed the entire wizarding world. Yeah, he does bring up the fact that they were (laughs) seen, Dumbledore. They were seen, but even more important They hurt the tree! (laughs) Never mind that the wizard, this wizarding community that's been kept secret for however long, mm-hmm. has was practically outed in front of the Muggles tonight. And I think the boys get off, all things considered, pretty loosely here. Yep. They get a detention. Well, we don't know what detention is going to entail. Oh yeah, that's true. Last time we had detention, I mean, they- we were battling evil unicorn blood sucking. <laughs> Uh, sorcerers. In the there was a high likelihood of death in the last detention. That's true. So maybe they can just, you know, uh, I don't know, sweep the floors or something like that this time. Something a little less perilous. We'll see. But they get detention, all things considered, not not too bad, and they even get food. Yeah. Um, so McGonagall was this was a very clever moment, and I'm with Harry. I think she almost smiled. Uh, McGonagall was about to take away points from Gryffindor as part of her contribution. Mm-hmm. She said, you're going to get detention. And Speaking of Gryffindor. Speaking of Gryffindor. Because I think uh, Ron had brought up, uh, he wanted to see his sister get sorted. And, and she said, no, you've already missed that. She's in Gryffindor. Speaking of Gryffindor. Right. And she was about to take points away. But Harry, very quickly pointed out that when they took the car... Oh, excuse, the term, excuse me, ma'am. Uh. <laughs> technically, 
the term had not started yet. Um, so you can't so really. So the infraction um, was before school began. It was uh, outside of school, and um, and McGonagall, loving her house, jumped on it and was like, "You are right. I guess we can't take any points away." Hmm. Darn. Yeah. But she's better at keeping her little poker face and she is. staying stern. We t- we've talked about that before, that she really cares about these kids, mm-hmm. even though she puts on a, a good facade, you know. Um, and I think, you know, you and I have talked about that with good teachers. Good teachers do not have to be buddy-buddy with their kids. You know, I've, I've known some wonderful teachers over the years who have laid down the law and their kids love them, absolutely adore them because of the structure that they that they give them. And they can learn things. And maybe in years past they had teachers where, you know, they didn't have control of their classroom, so they weren't able to learn things, so they didn't enjoy or, school or, or it wasn't safe. Learn or, things in a fun way. Like mm-hmm. and I will tell the kids, I'm like, Hey, we're gonna do this math game if you can keep it together. If you can't, then we won't do it. Yeah. So it's on you. You know, we can do something fun. We can learn in a fun way, or we can learn by doing worksheets and yeah. problems and individually because you guys can't get along. Oh, you mean the way we we learn? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it makes a big difference if you can keep the class under control. Then you know, yeah, you see on the outside, you see this teacher who's laying down the law and doesn't mm-hmm. give an inch and is quick to jump on anybody who gets a toe out of line. Mm-hmm. But that's also the environment where you can do fun things mm-hmm. because you can trust those kids because they know there's consequences. You know, what she did for Harry in the first year with the Quidditch and, and things like that, just, you know, she obviously cares a lot about their well-being and she likes quidditch and she likes to win oh yeah i, I think she's, everybody likes she's to really win. competitive everybody likes to win there's nothing wrong with that so magano gives the boys some food uh they have to eat down in the uh the, the, the snape room full of all the floating eyeballs and things like that in jars yeah, they didn't Snape, specifically Snape's office isn't pleasant they didn't specifically say eyeballs but i imagine there's some eyeballs floating mm-hmm. around in, in green, green goo, goo. yeah he, <laughs> he mentions green goo, green goo. <laughs> Like ectoplasm from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Check. So I want, the other thing I wanted to ask we you about. We need to make fandom bingo cards. Oh yeah, I and people could I listen to yeah. the podcast, and if they get bingo, they get a shirt. Or yeah, something. we'll send them a shirt. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. We'll have to make those up, and you can print them off somewhere. That sounds good to me. But I wanted to ask you about the the tray of sandwiches because apparently. They the boys ate the sandwiches and then the tray just filled back up. Mm-hmm. So how does everybody at Hogwarts not have juvenile diabetes? Hi, I'm Wilford Brimley and I've had diabetes for about 20 years. I stay active and I feel pretty good most of the time. Uh, well, we've talked about this a little bit. Wizards <laughs> and witches are just, they're built a little different. Okay. Like when Neville fell out the two-story window and you know, they don't get hurt as easy. And I guess they're generally healthier. Um, I, they have really good teeth naturally because, like, which Hermione's is weird, which always is weird for British about, people. Oh, <laughs> 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 went there. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for us to go there. Um, Hermione's, always, you know, her parents are dentists, oh, so she's always talking about dental care, and they're always kind of looking at her like she's crazy. So you know, 
they, I guess they have really good teeth naturally. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Okay. So uh, we head back to the dormitory. We run into Hermione for the first time since we saw her in Diagon Alley with her parents, her parents or mom, parents. mom clutching her purse. Hermione is, you know, frantic about where have you been. There's these rumors about a flying car, and she just thinks it's all nonsense, though. Except that it's not. It's all true. Yeah. And we go into the Gryffindor common room, and the boys, it's not the way they pictured it, but they do get the heroes welcome eventually. Yes, they... Hermione gives them the password. The door swings open, or the portrait moves, mm-hmm. and they go in, and they're pulled in, and everybody's cheering and whooping and clapping them on the back, and well done. And people are gonna be talking about this for years, mm-hmm. and just even even the crashing into the tree, they think that part's great too. So, did anyone actually see what they did, or is everybody just kind of bought into the the story that's gotten around? I'm Hogwarts? sure somebody saw it. I think you pulled somebody's jawbone off. I think that. You know, things travel around Hogwarts very quickly. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing for the first year, where Dumbledore says everything that happened down with the Sorcerer's Stone was a complete secret. So naturally, everyone knows about it. Yeah. So. Telephone, yeah. telegram, telewizard. Yeah. <laughs> they all know. You want the word to get around real quickly? Well, they're sitting at them big, long, big, long tables. They could just all down the table. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the chapter there. We had a quite, of inv- a, quite an adventure getting to, to Hogwarts, but yeah. I don't know if this is significant. Earlier in the book, there was a lot of obstacles and a lot of things that were trying to keep Harry from getting to Hogwarts. We had the whole Dobby situation. We had... The uh, situation with uh, the parents locking him in his room. It's his se- aunt and uncle. Or, yeah. Yeah, I his, know what you meant. quasi But somebody would be <laughs> listening and going, what, who? Right. Who? I can't believe I even said his parents because yeah. those are like the furthest thing from, from parents. Although you don't have to be good parents to be parents. parents. But now there was something else that happened and it happened at, at King's Cross is that something we need to remember for later on in the book, or is that just kind of a, you know, we were late and we didn't make it in time? Is that more shenanigans to try to keep Harry from Hogwarts this year? I think we definitely should remember it, and okay. I think it has nothing to do with what time they ended up at King's Cross. Excellent, excellent. See, I'm, I'm getting better at this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better at this, and I'm excited that I said something and you, uh, uh, back you know backed it up so you know I, I feel like I'm uh, like I'm getting better at it um, I think that's it for chapter five however I got a surprise for you <gasps> surprise for me you got an email oh we got an email Woo-hoo. here we go and I didn't uh, tell you about it beforehand so uh, get ready to get put on the spot pressure pressure this one comes from Dave Ellis in Bristol Tennessee hi Dave and he says hello there I'm trying hard to understand how Dobby intercepted Harry's emails over the summer. Seems like an impossible task for a house elf who isn't supposed to leave his master's property. Well, 
I think First of all, is this something that you know that we find out later? No. Okay. Good. So this is just uh, Je- Jessica's, you know, fantasy booking here, where she's, <laughs> you know, going to tell us how in the Jessica Rhino mind she thinks this was done. Because honestly, I don't know other than Dobby was just like hiding in the bushes every day <laughs> when, when the when, when the, the mail came, came, and he just snagged it and ran back to the uh, uh, to the Malfoys. Um, well, first of all, I don't think that they're not. I don't think that they can't leave the house that they work for because they do things. They go out shopping, mm-hmm. hitting the mic. Sorry. Yeah, slow um, down there. <laughs> they go shopping. They run errands. They do things. If there were wizarding dry cleaners, they would go. Pick yeah, they up go the to dry the dry cleaning, cleaners, but they don't because that's not a thing. Um, they go to the insurance office and and drop off the check for the. The auto insurance every month, mm-hmm. fly, the magical, mm-hmm. mystical auto nope. insurance nope. every month. Not that either. They do that. No. Anyway, so, and then we did also discuss earlier that they have a different sort of magic because it, it, and they can do a lot more things that I think the wizards take for granted, you know, because they're the help. You don't really look at the help. You don't really pay attention to the help. And so, they, yeah, they have a lot of powers. Like, we learned later that Dobby can get in and out of places um, that the wizards can't really get in and out of because mm-hmm. the wards and the spells don't always apply to them because as house elves, they do need to get past mm-hmm. those things to deliver, make deliveries and things like that. Um, but yeah, as far as, is he, was he just sitting out in the bushes? Did I he put some just... kind of spell around the house? Did he have some kind of tag on the birds? I don't know. But, I mean, because he had a stack. He had a stack. Yeah, he had a stack. And of, it wasn't just like one day all these letters came. And it was different people, too. Yeah. There's Hagrid and Hermione and Ron. So, so what's your theory? I'm going with bushes. Yeah, I'm going to say he probably <laughs> figured out what time the mail comes. And he's just went <laughs> out there every day. Owls aren't as regular as the our mailmen, muggle mailmen, but uh, and our mailman isn't reliable at all. The worst. He's the worst. <laughs> Sorry, all you hardworking mailmen out there. He's giving you guys a bad name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he probably had his daily grocery run at the right time every day and popped over to Harry's. Dobby has to go out to get the mail. Oh, yeah. He has to go out and get the Harry Potter's mail. <laughs> Offend Dobby. Dobby has heard of your greatness, sir, but never has he been asked to sit down by a wizard. And maybe he was sitting on the roof. You're going to go with bushes, I'm going to go with roof. He was sitting on the roof, spotted an owl during the day, and went and took the... Just every day? Every day. So do you? does the owl not care as long as somebody accepts the mail? Um, well, it's a house elf, though. So. I'm pretty sure if our mailman came up and just, like, some guy walked up to the house and said, Oh, yeah, I live here. He'd just hand him the well, mail. he gives it to Peggy. Well, She yeah. lives next door. Yeah, Peggy, she basically That's lives it. here, though. But it's a house elf. So... For owls that work in the wizarding community, that's not odd for them to give it to a house elf. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Seems like they would know which elves are at 
They're which owls. Place. Yeah, like magical owls. Especially if the owl's hiding, in, or if the elf is hiding in the bushes. <laughs> Would the mailman give it to some guy who'd popped out of the bushes? Well, maybe he was hiding in the bushes and then got on the front step when it was time. Or and jumped just, off the roof. And jumped off the roof. And nobody saw him. Well, they, they pop in and out all the time. Okay. Or he could have even popped like right, night, he like could have night popped right into the house and picked it up off the floor after it was dropped through the chute. So like he, because he can get in and out of the house easy, he, too. He bamped in like Nightcrawler from yes. X-Men. Check that off on your bingo cards, folks, if you haven't. If you have bingo, send me a PDF of your bingo card <laughs> to broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Can they snap a photo of it? No, I need a, I need a PDF. I don't have a, a smartphone. I have a. But you do. It's, a, it's sitting right there. I have there. a Motorola Razor. Because we were just talking about cereal here. Remember the what was your uh, your first phone? What was your first phone? Nokia. Nokia. You remember what it was called? I don't know. Mine was a uh, Sprint PCS, and I had a little belt clip for it, so I could have it, have it on my belt. Mine on the, was one on the, the outside ones of my with pants. the face plates that you could change. Yeah. Mine had a little antenna that you pull out I so had, you can get better reception. I had 101 Dalmatians purple faceplate. I remember that. Yeah. I had uh, a, a big Sprint PCS phone. It was probably about twice the size of this iPhone, but I was really proud of it. Got it from Radio Shack. Remember Radio Shack? I remember Radio Shack. <laughs> That's how old I am. Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. I can be, uh, even in my old age, almost as fast as a dog, though. Yes. For short periods of time. <laughs> For a short period of time. A couple house lengths. Yeah. So. And they're bigger houses out there, so, you know. Well, that's I pretty big. I appreciate you, you know, kind of um, giving me a little bit of uh, support there on that. I'd make me feel a little bit better in my old age. I appreciate it. I, I You didn't see me out there. Well, first of all, I was in flip-flops. Well, you got an excuse, then. And I had the other dog. And I had run back to the house to get leashes. Yeah. So I was pretty far back. Yeah. I was pretty uh, pretty tired. I was pretty tired the rest mm-hmm. of the night. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that's going to do it for us for this episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Uh, got anything else? Are we ready to move on to Chapter 6 next time? I think we're ready. All right. So shout out to uh, Jennifer in California, Kelly in Brooklyn, uh, Amanda the uh, proprietor of Once Upon a Time, yes. uh, awesome shop uh, here, in, here in Missouri. Uh, Kyle, who's also awesome. Yeah, I, th- I feel like Amanda overshadows him sometimes. Well, you know, you it's overshadow Amanda me. Amanda! And Kyle. And Kyle. Well, it's Jessica and Dan. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'm just, I'm just here to kind of uh, get, hit, hit the play-by-play. You're the one that has all the, the magical knowledge, and that's what... Uh, uh, teamwork makes the dream work. And we've talked Ghostbusters, we've talked Star Wars, and uh, we even talked a little Harry Potter today. Yeah. So I think we, we covered all our races. So uh, this is Broomsticks and Butterbeer. We just wrapped up Chapter 5, The Whomping Willow of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We will see you next time for Chapter 6. So until then, I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you then. Bye. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft
I've got no defense for it.